0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts. With your host Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino show. (laughs) Producer (laughs) Joe, are you today? That Um, was actually countdown number two. two. Let me just walk through what just happened. On the air, (laughs) Joe gives me a countdown, and so does my wife. Like Uh the three, two, one, go. Hey, so Joe, can we just redo this a second? So Joe, give me a countdown like we do. Just say three, two. I'll show you what just happened. Ten thirty-three. Content in three. Two, one. Oh, oh, we that's that's what just happened before.
1: Yeah. That's what
0: just I was totally not paying attention at all. And I think even Paula was like, What just happened? Did you just miss the count? Three, two, one is typically it's this is not hard to figure out. No. It's pretty much a standard measure of how someone initiates whether a, a road race, a TV show. Three. Two, what? And I was like, "Oh, I totally blew that." Well, Joe, producer Joe, how are you today? You well, doing all right? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm. Yes, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Everything's. How's good. little Joe doing in uh in in uh, boot camp? I know uh, he gave you sent you a letter. You doing yeah, okay. He did. I was like uh, I was like a little girl with her first note when I saw it. I was, oh, my son wrote to me. Oh boy, yeah, He's he's man. doing good. Producer but Joe's the- son is uh is in, in boot camp with yeah. the Marine Corps. And uh, I know I've been getting a lot of emails from the audience, very supportive of of little Joe. So you got to keep us updated, all right? Yeah, I will. He really wants to be a Marine, man. He really wants to be a Marine. Well, he's a good kid. And Mm -hmm. Marines want guys like him, too. Hey, another special note of uh, sincere gratitude to the audience. I asked you to tune into the five on Friday on Fox. Oh, yeah. You guys and ladies are the absolute best. We were number one in the demo which is huge, and the audience was enormous for a Friday on The Five. You guys and ladies are the best. Thank you so much. All right, right, let's get right to it today. Let me lay out where we're going to go, because I've got a pretty stacked show. I got a a killer update on the Papadopoulos case Ah. that I'm going to explain. You're not going to want to go anywhere on this. Yeah, George Papadopoulos, key figure in the Spygate case. I've got some unbelievably stupid fake news (laughs) And I'm, I, you know, I don't just like to do something, but this is so easy to debunk. It's it's so bad when the fake news actually publishes a story that their own video contradicts. I'll get to that. I got a lot more too, including some updates on a big Trump win in the Supreme Court. All right, today's All right. show brought to you by our buddies at Quip. This is look at that. Is that the most elegant looking toothbrush you've ever seen? That is Check that elegant. out. Elegant, yes. Quip. Yeah, it is. It is, is great. It's like a power washing for your mouth. We love Quip. Listen, it has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. It has a two-minute timer, so you know exactly how long to brush your teeth, and it pulses every 30 seconds to even remind you when to switch sides. Listen, up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. It has a multi-use cover, this Quip toothbrush, which I love, which is fantastic. Everyone in my house uses it. It is a cover you can take with you, decline as your sink or cabinet you put it in this travel uh the, the travel case you throw it right in your bag look how small it is too this isn't like a, a pinto some of these electric toothbrushes are like <laughs> seven eight times the size as you're like this you're like bicep curling the chance to show off the guns like oh. check it out that's what you remember that remember that old yeah. line yes the guy in new york who lifts weights like how do you get to the bridge you go that way. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. The Quip toothbrush. We love the Quip toothbrush. It's one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association yeah. back by over 25,000 dental professionals. Thousands of five-star reviews. They have a kid's brush, too, which is the same as the original version, just tweaked down for kid's size mouth. That's why I love Quip. I'm, I'm taking it on all my trips up to New York for Fox. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to get Quip, that's Get-Q-U-I-P G-E-T-Q-U-I-P GetQuip.com slash Dan GetQuip.com slash Dan GetQuip.com slash Dan Right now, you get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at GetQuip.com slash Dan. Best toothbrush out there. Alright, let's go. Okay, here we go. Fake news report. Why is this important? Why do I cover it on the show? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I am a strong advocate, always will be, for a free and fair press. Um, I We need it. It's just a fact. But the press is not fair. I'm glad they're free. I hope they remain free. Uh, in a constitutional republic, it's the only way to rock and roll. The press has not been fair. They haven't been uh, fair since the New York Times no. was reporting on the successes, successes, air quotes, of the Soviet Union decades ago. Um, they're a joke. So here is a commentator on Twitter who does some commentary on the media and Trump and elsewhere. This guy's name is Aaron Rupar. I want you to pay attention to this tweet because it's hilarious in this guy's ability to get a story completely wrong nearly every single time. Check this tweet out. So this is at A-T-R-U-P-A-R, at Aaron Rupar, uh, or at Rupar, whatever. He says that yesterday, while Trump was signing a bill in support of 9-11 first responders in the Rose Garden at the White House, he tweets, and I quote, Trump suggests he was a 9-11 first responder. Okay. And he actually tweets a video in his tweet. Uh Again, this is to show you what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, how liberals will lie, never retract their statements, make things up completely, and do it knowing, and I took a note on this, the essence of fake news, Joe, is that people will never read past the headlines. Right. I shouldn't say never. But a lot of folks will just read that tweet and say, oh, my gosh. Trump at a Rose Garden uh, ceremony for the signing of this 9-11 responder support bill. Trump had the temerity, Joe, to suggest he was a 9-11 first responder. Holy Moses. Joe, that's awful, right? Oh, that's terrible, Daniel. That's terrible. Terrible. Yes. But he... This is is how stupid (laughs) these people are. In the tweet, Rupar tweets this video with the headline. Now, keep in mind, this brief... 13-second video is supposed to suggest that Trump suggested he was a 9-11 first responder. Let's play him saying that. Here we go. Many of those affected were firefighters, police officers, and other first responders. And I was down there also. But I'm not considering myself a first responder. But I was down there. I spent a lot of time down there with you. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Jeez! did, did, did Joe now? There's three of us here on the show. It's a small yeah, crew. Yeah. Um. Paul, is Amelia out there? Uh, Amelia, come on in a second. I I have a um a uh, seven year old daughter, <laughs> and I'm wondering if she could figure that out. Mimi, come on over. You want to be on the show a second? Okay. <laughs> if I were to say to you, I hear say hello. Okay. There's my daughter, right? Let's let's there figure this out. Is. Maybe you you now you're hiding behind me. Come on in here. If I were to say to you, Mimi. That you can't have a toy. Like, you can't take it. What do you think that would mean? You mean it's a negative, right? If you can't have a toy, right? You don't bring any toys. Yeah, it would be th- that. <laughs> yes! Uh, my daughter has figured it out. Thank you, Amelia. <laughs> Daddy loves you. She's figured out a negative. If I say you can't bring a toy, that means right. you can't bring the toys. You can't have them. <laughs> that was her just <laughs> knocking the camera. Okay? My, my seven-year-old daughter has figured out that there's this element of negation when you use a word like you cannot do this. right? Yeah. So President Trump will use it where it says, I'm not saying, I am not saying I was a 9-11 responder. And this loser on Twitter tweets the exact opposite with no shame at all. Folks, the point of this whole thing is the media has never, ever treated this president fairly. They make this stuff up. Yeah. My seven-year-old daughter, if you want to check her out, by the like way, youtube.com slash budgie. She's a cool cat. We love my daughter. I don't put her on the show often, but she's home from uh, camps and school, obviously, in the summer this week. So she likes coming on. Plus, she was a little upset at me because I didn't show her picture on the five on the Friday. But if she wasn't born yet, it's not nothing I could do, she wasn't actually there. <laughs> the media does this all the time. Now, I want to show you again how this narrative now, again, the media strategy, Joe. So you're aware of this before 2020. Tweet a fake headline. There's a refractory period afterwards, if you know what I mean. All right. Where the headline will spread before conservatives who are smarter than liberals pick up on the fact that it's a lie. There's always a brief refractory period, right? Right. Sorry, I want to move this a little bit. I just want to make sure because I don't want the sound to be bad. Okay, there we go. Now, in the hours that followed Rupar's sensational lie that the president said he was the first responder, when he said the exact opposite in the video, here's what happened. Here's a tweet by Chris Saliza and Ben White. Saliza, who's just a known liar at CNN, um, and Ben White at Politico, who's another clown. Saliza writes a piece suggesting that this is true. He says, "Reminder, this happened today." And again, he quotes Trump. And then in his piece, suggests that Trump is lying about being down at Ground Zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Ben White from Bull Politico, mm-hmm. he tweets uh, he tweets trying to be a smart guy. Throw that back up, narrator. He wasn't, and he didn't. So Politico and CNN are suggesting that President Trump, after the 9/11 attacks, was not, in fact, down at Ground Zero and was lying. Hat tip, Eddie Zipperer on Twitter, um, who did what every conservative does, um, research and journalisming, which journalists don't ever do. Uh, Again, it's Politico and and CNN and Silliza. So we don't actually expect facts from any of these people. Matter of fact, here's another one. Here's a tweet from a producer at MSDNC, again, tripling down on the fact that Trump said he was a first responder, but he wasn't even at ground zero. None of which happened. Here's Kyle Griffin at MSNBC, known clown on Twitter, who is another collusion hoaxer, by the way. (laughs) Here's him tweeting, Trump claims... Without evidence to an audience that includes 9-11 first responders, I was down there at ground zero also, but I'm not considering myself a first responder. But I was down there. I spent a lot of time down there with you. This is hysterical, Joe. Yeah. This guy he works is. for MSDNC. In other words, he works for NBC. He's a producer there. Uh-huh. Here is video <laughs> from, I believe, NBC of Trump at ground zero
1: now just a few moments ago donald trump passed through here so we had a minute to talk with him let's roll that tape you can see what he had to say
0: well i've never seen anything like it i've seen two huge 110-story buildings that are reduced to rubble uh thousands and thousands of lives i just got to see something that i've never seen before i have hundreds of men inside working right now and we're bringing down another 125 in a little while and They've never done work like this before, and they're hardworking people, but they've never seen anything like it, and they've never never—they've never done work like this before. It's terrible. All righty, then. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, do you understand, uh, ladies and gentlemen, not all. I, I don't want to stereotype a broad swath of an industry, including media folks, because I know some good people out there who are genuinely interested in the truth. My experience, however, with the media, and I would be lying to you if I said otherwise, I'm not going to do that. That includes my time in my prior line of work as well. When you're the press agent and you deal with these people, I'm not kidding, is that they are generally below average intelligence. The ones, many of them that I've met are below average intelligence, don't understand 99% of the topics they talk about, and will lie at will only to negatively impact Republicans, Libertarians, and Conservatives. How does a producer at NBC tweet out that without evidence Trump said he was at ground zero when there's an interview with NBC in his own archive that a conservative, Eddie Zipper, who doesn't even work at NBC, found in a jiffy? How do you explain that? The answer is it's not explainable. It's not. It's only explainable by the overwhelming negative emotions these people have towards Republicans and Trump in general, which clouds their basic journalistic judgment. They're mm-hmm. not serious people. So walk, let's walk through what happens. Tweet out a fake headline despite all contradictory evidence. When the evidence comes back and kicks you right in the cojones, right? Yeah. Double down on it. Have Chris Silliza write an op-ed. Have Kyle Griffin from NBC tweet it. And then when it's thoroughly, completely debunked and refuted... In overwhelming fashion, right? Then days later, tweet some kind of like, which they won't even do. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe he was down there, but yeah. like this guy Ben White did from Politico, who was tweeting back then, oh, well, he was down there, but it was just a PR thing. This is what they do. Hey, Joe, goalpost, 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 goal oh, post, goal post, goal post, goal post off the screen. So Ben White, Politico yeah. clown, joker, fake pseudo journalist, right? Trump wasn't down there, he wasn't. Uh, video Trump down there. Okay, he was down there, but it was just PR. And then he says he's bringing down some workers to help out. Okay, it was just PR, and he was just helping because he had a project he wanted them to work on, and he thought it'd be good for his business. What are you talking about? Jeez, he's uh, it's Joe. It's pathetic. It's, it's so pathetic. Nothing. I get nothing. I get so much joy out of having been on the right side of all of this on Spygate, on media malfeasance. On, on the constant anti-Trump heresy from these people. They just make stuff up. Mm-hmm. They make up these anti-Trump stories. Now, listen, not everyone. Some of the stuff that they tweet out about Trump, listen, not, nobody's a saint. Nobody's a sinner on this play. I mean, especially in politics. But the overwhelming majority of stories are fake. They are hoping for the refractory period there where they get a little downtime where the, narr- where the uh, fake narrative will spread. It's really pathetic. All right, let's move on. Speaking of fake narratives. Mm. Here is Democratic Representative, forgive me if I'm saying her name wrong, it's not intentional, Pramila Jayapal. Again, I'm not if I'm yeah. saying that wrong, my apologies. Um Democratic Rep Pramila Jayapal. Here is her on MSNBC, Representative Jayapal. Talking again, again, we're speaking about debunked nonsense talking points that spread through the media despite any evidence that were true. First, Trump said he was a first responder. He wasn't. Secondly, Trump said he wasn't at ground zero. He was. Um, This one, they are going back shockingly, shockingly to an old narrative, Joe, that the immigration crisis at the border that's exploding, and I got an update on that too, so stay tuned, don't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. Trump had a big win in the Supreme Court. We missed it yesterday because we were so busy with Baltimore stories. Here's Rep Jayapal doubling down on the manufactured crisis line, another fake media yeah. narrative that is not a crisis. But secondly, I want you to pay special attention in this shortcut here what she says about how to mitigate illegal drugs crossing our southern border. It, you, you may catch it, but it's so dumb that it. Yeah, just play it. I'll cover it after. This is funny.
1: We have to stop the ability of the president to transfer authority um, between these departments, which has long existed in order to help presidents if they do have to respond to urgent crises um, that are legitimate. But in this case, that is not what it is. So we're going to have to go back and use the appropriations process to stop this transfer authority um, and then to start cutting uh, if the, the president and the administration continues to go outside of their bounds and deny the authority of Congress. At the end of the day, what disappoints me about this is the president manufactured this crisis along the border. But if you listen to his rhetoric, it is supposedly about the surge of immigrants coming across the border. It is not about... Uh, you know, drug smuggling and all these other violent crimes that are happening, they try to make it about that, but that's not the reality. If that was really what they were worried about, they should be investing in uh, more dogs to sniff out drugs, more technology that actually identifies where drugs are hidden. Most of the drugs that come over the border, they're, they're hidden in different places. Some of the Border Patrol stations have that technology, others do not. There's lots of effective things to do. To fight drug uh, drug smuggling on the southern border. Sheesh. <laughs> dude, I don't
0: even know where to start. I don't. I do This is one of those. Okay, where do we start on that one? Number one, it's 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 almost comical that they're going back to the manufactured crisis line. This is like not a, so. Again, let's go back to the fake narrative. Wait for refractory <laughs> period. Maybe apologize a bit and then double down later when everybody forgets again, you made up the original narrative. I mean, this is outstanding. This is outstanding (laughs) in the gall it takes to go back to a narrative so repeatedly debunked by sane people everywhere. There is obviously a crisis at the border. Immigration, illegal immigration is up dramatically. Asylum claims are up dramatically. uh, Children showing up at the border with people claiming to be their parents up to a third of them are not their parents. They're being trafficked. We have detention facilities overflowing. They are now back again to Us crazy conservatives are making this all up. Now, why? What happened? I want to get to the dogs thing in a minute, too, because it shows you the absolute cluelessness of the broken political class in D.C. that seriously need to go out and do ride-alongs with law enforcement. Because what they say is so dumb, it, it strains credulity that they would even say it on a national television show. But going back, why is this all happening, right? The Wall Street Journal published a piece yesterday about Trump's big victory in the Supreme Court. The bottom line is this, Trump had reallocated some Pentagon money, defense money, to the southern border. It was about $2.5 billion. Title of the piece is The Judicial Injunction Dysfunction. There are two takeaways from this piece. Of course, there was a lawsuit filed on behalf of a group. Uh, The group filed the lawsuit, said, listen, you can't spend this money. It wasn't allocated for this. The Supreme Court stopped the stay, meaning uh, the construction can go forward. Simple as that. Trump wins portions of the wall. Uh hundred miles plus will be built. more more will be refurbished with that two point five billion dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, the is as simple as that. What's important and an important takeaway and with the Democrats and Rep Jayapal, Paul, what they're what they're freaking out about is Clarence Thomas, in the opinion, has been just very effective in attacking these national injunctions. What does that mean, and why are the Democrats worried? So first, they're worried, obviously because more walls going to be built with Trump's money. And he's going to be able to fulfill a campaign promise. They're terrified about that. Right. But secondly, Joe, liberals have loved national injunctions for eons. What are national injunctions? Why do liberals love them? A national injunction is when a local district court federal judge who's responsible for one district, one area of the country, Maryland, Eastern District of New York, whatever it may be, Southern District of New York. Mm-hmm. He is responsible for a local case, issues an injunction nationally, meaning nothing can happen anywhere, even right. outside his district. They have used national injunctions. Oh, I took a note on this. Forgive me, folks, because it's in yesterday's notes in the famous Dan Bongino or infamous book here. Where is the national injunction part? Yeah, oh, here we go. Always weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is actually from the Wall Street Journal piece. They have issued 39 national injunctions. These These judges posing as judges who are really politicians, federal judges, 39 national injunctions against the Trump administration. Now, you may say, well, that number I needed in context, right? Okay, fair enough. How many national injunctions were issued against the Obama administration in the first two years? Two. Hmm. Two. The deuce. Now, from the Wall Street Journal piece, here's Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas has spoken out strongly against this. He said the Supreme Court said Friday the Trump administration can proceed to reallocate some $2.5 billion. This is from the piece. your mark for the Pentagon to build a wall. We disagree with the policy, but the good news is that the high court is finally sending a message about the proliferation of national injunctions by lower court judges. Thomas fellayed them. Basically saying this has to stop. You have a decision, Joe, in the Eastern District of New York, and you're a district judge. That's where it applies. It is not a national decision to stop the president of the United States. Joe, that effectively gives district court judges power to rule over the entire country. Right. Remember the travel ban? All of this? (laughs) These were all national injunctions. Yeah. It has to stop. The Democrats are panicking now because if national injunctions are stopped, they won't be able to stop national policy and only apply in that federal district, and they're terrified. That's why they're freaking out. That's why you see Representative Jayapal going back to the debunked, discredited talking point that there's not a crisis on the southern border. But the second point she makes is equally ridiculous. Well, we just need to invest in more dogs. Okay, great. At checkpoints, that's 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 fine. That's a great idea. But does she realize that illegal drugs are not only being trafficked at ports of entry, Joe? Does she understand that people who traffic in children and illegal immigrants across the border also traffic in drugs and Mm -hmm. counterfeit money between ports of entry? What are you going to do? Have the dogs patrolling the southern border between ports of entry, sniffing people you don't know about? If they're in the country illegally, that means they entered illegally. Port of entry A, Port of entry B, illegal entry right down the middle, illegal entry, holding <laughs> ten <laughs> yards, folks. They're entering between ports of entry. How are you going to have dogs uh, sniffing people who you don't know are here and enter the country illegally? I mean, do they think this stuff through? The Trump administration trying to make this about illegal drugs. It is about illegal drugs. That's the exact point the Trump administration has been making. We can fortify ports of entry. Fine. We all agree. But suggesting that the Trump administration is lying and trying to make this about illegal drugs, and if we just had more dogs, we'd find them all. (laughs) You're missing the point completely. We don't find them all, the drugs, because we can't find the people. And either can the dogs. These dogs are not Karnak from the Johnny Carson show. Putting a a piece of paper to the... There's a reason we can't find these people, because they're (laughs) between ports of entry. Oh, my gosh. Is this hard to figure out? These are juvenile conversations I regret even having to have on the show. In other words, they're unknown unknowns. We don't know about the drugs because we don't know about the people. That's how they got here illegally. Go sniff those people. What people? The people that aren't there anymore. Snuck in the country. Okay. Well, we just need dogs we don't know about, you know? (laughs) <laughs> phantom dogs. We need phantom dogs, right, to coach the real dogs yeah. to catching the people we didn't know about either. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well said. Excellent. This is so crazy. That's going to solve it, it. More dogs, roving packs of 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 Belgian Malinois and shepherds across the southern border sniffing people we don't know about. <laughs> well done, Representative Jai Paul. Excellent point there. You really nailed it. All right. Moving on. Our second sponsor today, our friends at Policy Genius. Ladies and gentlemen, part of adulthood is having to do things you really don't want to do. Red eye flights, working late, visiting the in-laws, getting life insurance. But another part of adulthood is learning to delegate what you can't stand. And while you can't delegate a visit to the in-laws, you can definitely delegate life insurance shopping. You want to make it easy Use what we use, policygenius.com, policygenius.com, policygenius.com. Compare quotes in just two minutes. The dose, two minutes. Policygenius: is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers and find your best price. You want to shop around all day or you want to spend two minutes? Go to PolicyGenius.com. Once you apply, the policy genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. There's no sales pressure. It's not going to be any hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind. How much would you pay for that? And PolicyGenius uh, doesn't make life insurance easy only. It makes home insurance easy, auto insurance, and disability insurance too. It's not just about life insurance. They can help you with the home, auto, and disability insurance as well. So if you need life insurance, but you just don't want to deal with all the legwork, red tape, and nonsense, head to policygenius.com, the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you. Policygenius.com. Delegate what you hate, especially if you hate getting life insurance. Go check them out. Okay, uh, moving on. Yeah, it's, it's uh, You know, I mean, really, we did, Joe and I have fun with the show, but it's a serious show. We've always tried to present yeah. facts and data and things sure. like that. But it's 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 just sad that this is this constantly. It's just so easy to discredit these people and the nonsense they spew all the time. Um, you know, sometimes you got to laugh while doing it. And for, you know, forgive me if some of you don't like me, uh, but it's doing that the funny. But I just can't help it. What are you gonna do? Let's have the dog sniff them. Sniff who? The people we didn't catch. Yes, those people. Yeah, but we didn't catch them. That's right. Oh yeah. Well, well, we well, wait roving packs of shepherds. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call them cattle. When I was a when I was the uh, precinct in the seven five, because these dogs in the seven five precinct in Eastern New York, dog, do you, you ever see this show? Like you've probably seen it while driving through Baltimore too. There were there were a lot of stray dogs on the street, oh, yeah, and they wind up roaming in packs, yeah. So we used to call them the cattle. Be like, there's a pack of cattle right <laughs> there. There'd be like twenty dogs, and there's always like yeah. a guy, a dog in the front with a little swagger, like the whole bunch of them. Yeah, let those, let those dogs just patrol everywhere for people we can't find. So stupid. Okay. All right. Let me move on. So uh, Geraldo, who I debate a lot on Fox, uh, a coworker of mine, you know, we have a good time in our debates. Get a heated back. he tweeted something this morning I really have a hard time with I want to put out there. Uh, maybe we'll hopefully maybe tonight on Hannity. I do my appearance on Tuesday night. Maybe we get to debate Geraldo and I over this tweet. But I strongly object to this tweet. So Geraldo tweeted out this morning and I tweeted back to him because I'm very offended by this. He said, and he's at Geraldo Rivera's blue checkmark account if you want to check it out. We would all be better off if in discussing race relations, Donald Trump emphasized the positives like his support for economic opportunity zones and criminal justice reform to battle mass incarceration. Okay, fine. But then he goes on to say, this is strange, it's just weird to squabble with so many of people of color at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, I don't get this. I've seen this repeatedly surface, whether it's Geraldo or others suggesting somehow that the melanin content of your skin when you're a political leader responsible for sensible solutions and a path forward to people's problems that's what they elect you to do and those solutions don't have to be government bills they can be getting rid of bad government bills yeah but you're elected to solve problems that's what you're elected to do So I don't get what Geraldo's point is. If you're Hispanic or black or Asian or whatever it is, that somehow I took this show that you're immune from criticism. I mean, listen, I'm not accusing Geraldo of being uh, racist, obviously. But isn't that kind of condescending? What are you suggesting? I I don't understand that. I hope I get the opportunity tonight to address this. Are you suggesting somehow that if a lawmaker is black or Hispanic, That what, they're incapable of handling criticism? Despite disastrous results? Look at this Washington Times piece. This is up in the show notes today. Please check out the show notes, Bongino.com. You subscribe to my email list. I'll send these articles right to you. It's very good. The Washington Times. Trump's Uh, Quotes here. Racist tweets are a reminder. And that's in quotes. They don't really mean that. Uh, a reminder. Most troubled U.S. cities are run by the Democrats by Valerie Richardson, Washington Times, July 29, 2019. This is in the show notes. I encourage you to check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, most of America's failing inner cities that happen to have large minority black and Hispanic populations are run by Democrats and have been for decades. That's a fact. A fact. F-A-C-T, a a fact, spell it out for the liberals. Whether that bothers you or not is of no concern to me. Whether the leaders of those cities are black or white, you had Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, who was black, you had Martin O'Malley in Baltimore, who was white, is entirely irrelevant. The fact that they have failed the citizens of these inner cities by imposing an increasingly liberal agenda there is what concerns me. These politicians and political, the political class, are not immune from criticism. Elijah Cummings, I, you know, I heard somebody say yesterday he's a nice guy. Great. You know, my dad's a nice guy too. You know, I love I love my dad. He's a great guy. It doesn't mean, you know, I, I you know I would vote for him. I may, I may not. I don't know. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't discussed running. He's a nice guy. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Ladies and gentlemen, it is entirely unfair to not focus on these problems. Now, yesterday, by the way, thank you for your support. Yesterday's show, is, uh, Joe and I were discussing before we went on the air, Was just did bonkers numbers. Yeah, thank you. you guys are sending us into the stratosphere, and it's up to you. But yesterday's show, I went on for about 15, 20 minutes about the failures in Baltimore and how intimately familiar I am with it because I ran there. I remember, you know, I, I lived right outside of Baltimore. It's not that I'm unfamiliar with here. Joe's worked there for literally for decades mm-hmm. in the county. But right outside, Joe, nobody knows Baltimore like Joe. Trust me. He's been listening to calls on talk radio there for 20 plus years. Yeah, man. About the problems in Baltimore. Joe, has any of it changed, by the way? I've uh, probably gotten worse, Dan. You know. Yeah, th- 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 folks, he lives. He's, he's in Arnold now. He's mm. like 10 miles out of Baltimore. Yeah, I'm telling you that Joe worked there forever. Yeah. He's not joking. It has probably no. gotten worse. He's right. Yeah. Just drive down any street, Biddle. Make any turn off Pratt out of the Inner Harbor. Make any left turn off Platt, off Pratt Street, and go north. Oh. Any. It doesn't matter. You get two blocks away, and you're like, "What happened here?" And what? Because Elijah Cummings happens to be black. We're not supposed to criticize him or Trump. No, no. I'm sorry. I don't accept that, and I never will. And you call me whatever you want. I'm interested in fixing it. You can get involved in all the racial identity stuff all you want. I'm not interested. No dice, no thanks. Showing you how bad it is, by the way, and um, forgive me, but I'm going to need Joe to narrate this a little bit because our audio audience always comes first. This is an actual cut, by the way, of Fox 45 in Baltimore, the local news station they're running a a piece on Trump's comments about Baltimore, <laughs> and there's some like B-roll or whatever live video, <laughs> whatever it is. Now it wasn't B-roll; it's live video running yeah. in the background. Now I'm gonna play the cut. The audio's you can hear, but the audio listeners you'll be able to hear what the what the uh, what the news person is saying, the anchor's saying. But you're not going to be able to see the visual, but it's okay because Joe is going to narrate it. Right. So let's play the video. And, Joe, help us out when you can a little bit about right. what's going on. Paula, play that right. cut. Waiting for the next now, ratter to come up to the uh, plate. Oh, there he is.
1: The Ratter's behind be the consider plate. Consider he's taking off for first, Dan. He's, he's stalled. The there he goes. Area. There he goes,
0: Dan. He's, he's making, making a turn to second. Oh, second base, third, and he's home, Dan. Look at that rodent run, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see? You ever hear that song by Meat Loaf? Oh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, Paradise by the dashboard lights. That's the, a great that call. was Joe. The, folks, it doesn't matter what the lady nah. was It's a piece about Trump's tweets. The anchor's talking, <laughs> and there's a rat <laughs> in the background. YouTube.com slash Bongino, if you want to see it. There's Joe oh. narrating it like, heading it around first base, heading towards second, That <laughs> rat's coming. To the, he's speeding up towards third. He's going front of plane. He is headed up. I'm a slide and he's in. And oh. the rat, like, turns the corner at the end. Do you see the rat through the U-turn? Yeah. Yeah, the rat did. comes out. This is on a report about Trump's tweets, there is literally, <laughs> not figuratively. a Paula said to me before the show, "Did you see how big that thing was? It oh. looks like it looks like a mutant cat from the X Men series, like a Cyclops cat that can be, beam lasers out of its eyes. <laughs> That's how big <laughs> this rat is. And the ta- it's like, folks, it's a look at look at that sucker. That is, a, it's the size of a whole brick. Look at it in context of the brick. It looks like." B- Baby and Linda, the two dogs we've adopted from from my mother-in-law. And Baby and Linda are morkeys. They're like this big. It's a ruby Rat. teeth are, <laughs> oh my God, they're like tomb, upside down tombstones, this yeah. rat's oh, teeth. dude. This is in a live report about yeah. Trump tweeting about Baltimore's rat problem and elsewhere. Yeah. A rat runs across the scene. And he's around the second. <laughs> and then the rat, like, I think the rat realized he's going to become part of a political story. He ducks behind a corner real quick, like, hey, listen, I don't want to get involved in this Trump stuff. I'm out of here, too. <laughs> Folks, I, 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 this is really happening. This yeah, is really is. happening in the real world. All right. I, I, now, it's only fair for me, and I'm going to cover this quickly, but I did break down the problems in Baltimore yesterday, but I always like to present to you solutions. And I had said to you that I have been a beneficiary of some of these very solutions myself, and it's the only reason I'm here. Kind of a de facto school choice. It wasn't a school choice program in New York at the time, but I was able to get out and go to a Catholic school and get away from awful public schools in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, we could fix Baltimore. And if I I may, humbly ask that the president and his staff, some who may listen and um, please consider this. Consider a threefold agenda where you go out and give a presser in Baltimore, let people yell and scream all they want, these politicians. Go give a presser in Baltimore and make it, it'll make the local news, no question about it, it'll make national news, but it'll make the local news and force them to talk about things that make them uncomfortable. Propose a three part solution. Number one, a citywide school choice initiative. You want to be bold? You want to be bold? Go there with some cajones and propose a citywide school choice initiative. Any Baltimore city parent will be able to pick any city in Baltimore, which will be subsidized with the taxpayer dollars the taxpayers pay. They're paying their money for the schools. They can go to any school they want. You will get a uh, a freedom voucher to go wherever you'd like to go. Be bold. The teachers unions, of course, will melt down. Liberal politicians who have been bribed by these teachers unions forever, they'll back they'll, they'll go crazy. Go into Baltimore, give that speech. Your kids in a failing school in Baltimore, entirely unacceptable. I am here as the President of the United States. Although I'm not a monarch, there's nothing I can do to change the city politics. I'm a federal, a federal representative. I am suggesting a plan right now for a citywide school choice initiative and in every city across the country. Give that speech in Baltimore, right in the heart of the city. Go right down there. Second. Propose a massive deregulatory uh, 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 deregulatory, set of deregulations, get rid of the Baltimore City red tape, and propose a series of tax cuts that would benefit the city of Baltimore. Frame it as letting the people spending their own money, uh, spending their own, because that's what it is. You will now have more in pocket, take home money in your own pay because of what we're doing here in Baltimore. We're going to propose Baltimore City match. These Opportunity Zone type contra- type uh, tax cuts. And I, I listen, I, I'm not a huge fan. I got to be honest with you of Opportunity Zones for a number of reasons. But put them on the spot. Say, we'll try to match in some federal, uh, federal tax initiative, cut for cut, whatever Baltimore City can do. And we will try to get our federal regulations out of the way if you'll match them as well. Mm. They'll freak out, folks. They'll freak out. Yeah. Finally, number three, pose a public safety initiative. Here's where the president can get involved. There's a Secret Service office in uh, in Baltimore on Pratt Street. How do I know that? I work there. There's an FBI office right there, too. There's a federal courthouse in Baltimore on Pratt Street. There's DEA. Tell the president, uh, the president should give that speech. Number three, I'm proposing a public safety initiative. We're going to flood the zone with some federal agents. I'm going to ask Baltimore City to match that. With the task force representative from Baltimore City Police, I'm even going to ask Baltimore County to get involved too, surrounding areas. We're going to do a gun task force, a drug task force. We're going to bump up the numbers. And I want to see an initiative right now to clean up this city. Watch them all freak out. Oh, my gosh, the president's proposing actual solutions. Mr. President, uh, listen, you're going to go there. You are going to get some hecklers. You are going to get some screamers in the media. You are going to get some screamer politicians trying to get their two minutes on TV. Forget it for a second, the optics of it. It is snap, sound bites and snapshots. But in the end, you will be able to walk away and said, "I say, I did what I could do. On the other end, all they did was scream, those politicians. And the residents of Baltimore, who deserve better, by the way, will notice that you were there. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. It's worth it. Let me give you one last statistic before I move on. I got this Papadopoulos story, which is very 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 important it's ironic that people like ilhan omar and other liberal democrat congress uh, men and women have been complaining about the president's third party uh, asylum uh, third party uh, asylum decision the president wants asylum seekers, Joe, to seek asylum in the first country they, they enter from their home. So if you're right. leaving Guatemala, you enter Mexico to get to the United States. Third party agreements mean you'll have to declare for asylum in Mexico, not the United States. Yeah. That's where you got first. Asylum meaning you're, you, you you fear process some kind of prosecution for your political beliefs, torture or death. Then you should be able to escape your country. But that doesn't mean you get to go to the United States. It's the first country you landed. Right. Ilhan Omar tweeted out forcing people from Guatemala to declare for asylum in Guatemala or are people from Honduras or others to declare in Guatemala to be precise about it. That's unfair. Guatemala is a dangerous place. Joe, what's the homicide rate in Guatemala? 22 per 100,000 people. What's the homicide rate uh, in Baltimore? 56 per 100,000 people. Hmm. Kind of lost that argument a long time ago, but again, don't expect Ilhan Omar and him to deal with facts. Because that's not exactly what they do. They deal in narratives. All right, moving on. This is an important story about Papadopoulos. Let me get to this first. Our last sponsor of the day, and the rhinos are coming out, folks, against Ratcliffe, who's going to be our hopefully our next director of national intelligence. The rhinos are yeah. already barking. See I want to get to that too. Today you did right. Today's yeah. show brought to you by. Bravo Company. Bravo for Bravo Company. We love them. BravoCompanyMFG.com. That's where you want to go if you're looking for the finest rifles and pistols in the market. Ladies and gentlemen, let me caution you, though. If you're looking for a sporting sporting arms company, BravoCompanyMFG.com, they're not your place. They make life-saving equipment here designed to life-saving standards and treated with that type of attention when they produce the finest rifles and pistols on the market. I have two of these. When I picked them up, I tell this story all the time because it's true. The FFL, the licensed firearm dealer I picked him up from, could not extol the wonderful virtues of this precision equipment more. He loved them. He said, you're very lucky to get these. BravoCompanyMFG.com. Listen, I love learning about our rights for America. You know I'm a Second Amendment supporter. Owning rifles is an awesome responsibility, and building rifles is no different. Bravo Company was started in a garage by a Marine veteran more than two decades ago. Bravo Company Manufacturing, it's bravocompanymfg.com, builds a professional-grade product built to combat standards. This is because BCM believes the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless if they are a private citizen or a professional. Again, they manufacture life-saving equipment here. This is not a sporting arms company. BCM assumes that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. So quality, Quality comes first them. Every component of a BCM rifle, every component is hand assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin to a life-saving standard. Bravo. Come thanks for the shirts, by the way. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to Bravo Company M Mfg.com. BravoCompanyMFG.com. BravoCompymfG.com. You can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. Need more convincing? Check out their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Bravo company USA all right we love Bravo so ladies and gentlemen Papadopoulos George Papadopoulos has been Mm. tweeting a lot George is a friend Uh, he's been a central figure in both of my books Spygate and my uh, follow-up to it exonerated Papadopoulos you can see this article at bongino.com George is now saying he's headed to Greece to receive to retrieve quote the entrapment money ladies and gentlemen what's going on here why is it important what is uh, why does it matter to you As you can tell from my George Papadopoulos interview, if you listen to it, which we did uh, seven, eight months ago, a year ago, I'm always terrible with time, of course. Uh, But we interviewed George on the show. It's one of the few interviews we've ever done. Uh, It was illuminating, to say the least. It was about an hour-long interview. And George Papadopoulos, who was a Trump team member, for those of you who've forgotten, was a member of the Trump team. As he admits, he was a low-level advisor. He was not like the campaign manager, but that's okay. George was a member of the Trump team, a... Maltese academic, approached him by the name of Joseph Massoud, claimed to have Russian dirt on Hillary. That story's been changed a few times. And the FBI alleges Papadopoulos told this to another diplomat. Therefore, George is some, com- some kind of intermediary in an exchange of information between the Russians and the Trump team. And nonsense story. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe and have always believed George Papadopoulos was entrapped by Western intelligence assets working in conjunction with Democrats and the Obama administration to set up the Trump team to advance the collusion narrative. But one of the mysteries of this case, and I'm going to give you multiple scenarios, one of the great mysteries of this case, which very few people have been able to pin down, ladies and gentlemen, is an incident that happens in Israel between George Papadopoulos and a guy named Charles Tawil, T-A-W-I-L, which I cover in the Bongino.com piece there. What happened in Israel is telling. George Teweil, according to Papadopoulos' story, and you can listen to our interview back then, he tells it in pretty pretty good detail, is a businessman who approaches Papadopoulos. This is, again, Papadopoulos' version of events. tawil disputes this, to be fair to tawil Teweil says Papadopoulos approached him, but I'm giving you George's version because that's the interview I conducted. All right. Teweil... Uh, Papadopoulos says to wheel approached him with this $10,000 for a business deal, some kind of consulting contract that this $10,000 was given to him. Papadopoulos suggests he was, he was a little scared of this deal. They we were in a hotel room. He was, it was a pressure tactic. Um, Papadopoulos senses something's up with this $10,000 flies to Greece, leaves the money in Greece, the $10,000 and then flies back to the United States, flies back to the United States, and is promptly arrested by Bob Mueller's team in the FBI. There are multiple theories, ladies and gentlemen, about what this two-wheel interaction was. Let me give you mine first, what I believe may have happened. Two-wheel passes this $10,000 to Papadopoulos. Ladies and gentlemen, $10,000 conveniently is the guideline for the amount of money you'd have to declare on a ctr in a bank you'd also have to declare that amount obviously upon re-entering the united states ctr is a currency transaction report joe if you go to the bank and deposit nine thousand dollars the bank doesn't have to fill that out right if you deposit ten thousand and one dollars the bank has to fill out a ctr in the secret service we used to get these ctrs because it can especially if you if people keep depositing nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars that can indicate what structuring Mm-hmm. can indicate somebody's selling drugs, they don't want reports filed, so they're conveniently, Joe, depositing in the bank just under the amount where the bank has to report it. You get it? Does yeah. that make sense? Sure does. Then you get another report called the SAR, a suspicious activity report, which the bank can fill out regardless of a CTR, saying, hey, there's something going on. This guy's depositing $9,000 repeatedly instead of just, say, $81,000 once, he's depositing $9,000 nine times. hmm we would get a SAR and they would say it would be a box check and say structuring. And we would go and check it out in the Secret Service. That's what I did when we were, I was on a financial crimes task force. Conveniently, Papadopoulos is given just the amount to trigger a reporting guideline on his trip back into the United States. Papadopoulos thinks the FBI, when they arrest him at Dulles, when he enters the United States back from this Israel-Greece trip, he thinks they were looking for the money. Ladies and gentlemen, I do too. Awfully convenient they arrest them at the airport on a probable cause arrest, which yeah. rarely happens. Usually, A probable cause arrest is an arrest without a warrant. Now, that happens in the federal government with Border Patrol, Uniformed Services, but very rarely with 1811 federal agents. They're called GS 1811s, the guys who wear the suits. Very rarely. That PC arrest at the airport probably happened because they probably had pre-prepared a warrant thinking Papadopoulos was going to come back into the country with the $10,000. Papadopoulos doesn't have it. And then they're like, oh, mm. now they got to arrest them on something else because they can't arrest him on this $10,000 charge, failing to declare whatever it may be. Because why, Joe? He didn't have it. Right so they arrest him at the airport on a PC warrant for lying to the FBI which has always always been strange to me and I think the federal agents that listen to the show you can agree that is very very unusual to make a warrantless arrest as a GS 18, uh, 1811 federal agent very rare I believe they panicked. the ongoing question again I'll give you my theory forgive me but I want to explain that because this is important is was Papadopoulos set up I believe to wheel giving him this $10,000 may have been an unwitting meaning Tawil may have been involved in this, but may not have known his own involvement. In other words, I believe this was part of an entrapment scheme. You track right, him yeah, yeah. that this $10,000 was given to catch Papadopoulos at the airport as either a, a way to charge him with some lobbying, Farah-related uh, charges at 951, and some of these lobbying for foreign governments charge. You know, he's given uh, this money in a foreign country by, a, uh, uh, by someone else, and I believe it was a way to nail him. But just to be clear on this, I think Tawil may have been unwitting, meaning someone, Joe, may have pushed Tawil into this business deal, but Tawil didn't know it was an Intel op. Do you get what I'm saying? If I say to you, Joe, Mm -hmm. Joe, give this guy $10,000. Well, what's it for, Dan? Oh, Joe, it's for a business deal. And I don't give him a wink and a nod. Tawil may have been part of the operation and may not have known himself. It's a possibility. But to be fair to Tawil, there are alternate explanations here that a lot of people involved in this case have put forth, and I want to give them to you. So the first is that this was a Western intel setup that Tawil was a part of. In other words, some friendly intel agency, when I say friendly, I mean friendly to the Obama administration, approaches Tawil and says, hey, wink it or not, give Papadopoulos his $10,000, tell him it's for a business deal, and if he doesn't declare it back in the United States, we're going to arrest him. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Western intel shop, Intel right. up to wheels a part of it. That's one theory. I'm not sure about that. Again, to wheel disputes that to be fair to to wheel and give his, but he's, he says Papadopoulos approached him about the money. The second. Was this some form of foreign government blackmailing Papadopoulos? This is, let me get this one right. And Joe, right. again, yeah, no, I'm Put on just, your Ombudsman cap. No this one is, is important. Too. Yeah, go ahead. Theory number two out there, which has been floated, is that someone was looking to blackmail Papadopoulos, not as a setup for the Obama team, Hillary or anyone else, but was looking to blackmail him uh, potentially later on because he was a member of the Trump team to be able to use that later to flip him into an intel source. You got it. Yeah. In other words, hey, Joe. Give Papadopoulos his $10,000. I'm a representative of a foreign government. You do it. All of a sudden, the foreign government approaches George. George, we got you on tape taking this money. You're going to work for us now and report on the Trump team. You dig? Yeah, man. I don't buy that one. There have been various theories floated out there that this is how I don't buy it at all. But again, some people have done a lot of homework on this case. Believe it. So first, it was a Western Intel setup. Second, a foreign government was looking to blackmail Papadopoulos to develop him as a source. The third possible scenario, which Tawil supports, again, he's, he, is, he disputes all this, is that Tawil is completely innocent. And this was a legitimate, or Tawil thought it was a legitimate business deal. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be fair. I mean, uh, listen, I, 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 I'm I not, well, not going to conclusively, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. I'm not going to nail anybody to the wall until there's conclusive evidence. I find it unlikely um, given the circumstances, but it's a, certainly a possibility. Tawil is entirely innocent, and he thought this was a legitimate business deal, and so did Papadopoulos. Fair enough. The next one I already explained, which is a theory I've been clinging to for a while, that Wheel may have been an unwitting participant in a Western Intel-friendly op to set up Papadopoulos. Seems likely to me. And, for, of, of course, the next theory is this is all about uh, Farah, And the reporting guidelines that they thought he wouldn't report the money. They were going to have some kind of money laundering charge and some charge against him for lobbying for a government. Ladies and gentlemen, why is the story important? What's the update? Well, Papadopoulos is going back now, as he says, to Greece to get the money. He believes the bills are marked. Now, uh, I explained this in another show, uh, but I'm going to explain it again because this is important because this is making the rounds around Twitter. And it's been an important story. We don't really mark bills anymore, uh, mark them with like specific marks or anything like that. What they'll do with a bill if you want to trace the transaction. So if I'm running, say, an undercover counterfeit op, and I'm giving you, Joe, the counterfeiter, real U.S. currency yeah. for fake counterfeit, before I go and exchange that 10 those 10 $100 bills, I will put on an inventory list the serial numbers of those bills, which are unique. Why? Why would I do that? So when we arrest Joe later for selling us counterfeit, we can conclusively prove that Joe sold us the counterfeit because Joe has in his possession those 10 unique $100 bills. That serial number is not repeated anywhere. It's like a fingerprint. Right. There's not really specific markings. And and, and forgive me, I'm not trying to talk down to you or anything. I, I mean that. It's just liberals will pick out any little thing to discredit someone Marked. What What an idiot. They don't actually mark the bills. That's not what he's saying, you dopes. What he's saying is the bills, the serial numbers have been taken down. That he believes that. In other words, Joe, if this was a Western Intel op, And our government or a foreign government had some role in it. They probably, if they gave the money to to Tawil to set him up, Mm -hmm. probably marked down the serial numbers on the bills. And it would probably be a good idea, hat tip to George, to go get the bills to find out what those serial numbers are. Right, right. It may turn out to be nothing, but it's a good move for Papadopoulos. It's got a lot of the liberals freaking out right now. Because if those bills were marked and are down on some inventory sheet somewhere, God forbid those serial numbers, Joe, show up at the Central Intelligence Agency or elsewhere. That would be kind of a big deal. Very Or a BFD, as Joe yeah. Biden said. Very convenient. Gosh, look at that on an inventory list. <laughs> oh. The same bills. Oh, oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, last story of the day, and uh, we can rock and roll here, but... John Ratcliffe, Congressman John Ratcliffe, great guy, is, appears to be nominated by Trump to be the Director of National Intelligence. This guy's been all over Spygate. He's done a great job. He's a solid conservative. Ladies and gentlemen, the rhinos are freaking out. Here's a story from Time Magazine, time.com. Top GOP senator warned the White House about Trump's choice for DNI by John Walcott at Time. Who is the senator? Of course, the worst rhino now in the Senate ever since we lost Corker and these other ones, uh, uh, Richard Burr on the uh, Senate Intel Committee. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on here? Burr apparently warned Trump. Burr's allegedly a Republican. He's not. He's a senator from North Carolina. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, of course, we always do these things the right way. Unlike liberals, we're not Antifa. But I respectfully request if you're in North Carolina, uh, you email, call the office, and let him know that you strongly object to his objections over Ratcliffe. You know, what's going on with Burr? What's the behind the scenes? Burr is on the Senate Intel Committee. Burr is a rhino. Burr has done everything he can to destroy uh, this uh, the the any progress in this investigation for a long time now. Um, Richard Burr is on the committee, Joe, that has been leaking information, the Senate Intel Committee, for eons. There was even an arrest of a staffer over there for leaking stuff. Um, I'm not so sure what Burr's role in those leaks are. Mm. Others aren't either. But it's Burr's committee that he is the chairman of that has been leaking like a sieve. I think he's panicking because maybe Johnny Ratcliffe knows a little something about that. Maybe coulda, shoulda, woulda, kinda. Rhinos, the rhinos are coming out, folks. Ratcliffe needs to be confirmed. Do not accept no for an answer. You're in charge. These senators work for you. Make sure Ratcliffe gets that nod at DNI or we will never get to the bottom of this. I covered this on yesterday's show, too. You can always measure the danger to the left of a nominee by the ferocity of their response. They are losing their minds (laughs) over Ratcliffe. Stay on it, folks. All right. Thanks again for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. You can also subscribe to our audio show, please, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and elsewhere. It helps us move up the charts, lets other people find the show. We try to keep the marketing budget low here. So we really appreciate your help. Thanks a lot, folks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.